So I, I want to make this episode about you know internships and working in the financial services industry and, and the process. I have a poll in my Twitch chat right now asking if you want to work or do work in the financial services industry. And I mean, I stream stocks on Twitch, so it, the, the answer is going to be a bit skewed. But you know, right now at least it's already sixty percent yes, and that's you know quite a few people. Um, so it's actually valid. And you know, for the person asking, did Build-A-Bear do a buyback too? Because uh, we were talking about Build-A-Bear uh, stock. For those that don't know on the podcast, it's been a while. I'm starting a research project on Build-A-Bear Workshop. Um, I've been talking to you know people about the company. Um, I'm going to be visiting stores in person. Um, building an extensive report and modeling out, uh, and they just reported earnings yesterday as the time I'm recording, or this morning as the time I recorded this. Last night, they did announce a buyback to Swolger Boy, who's asked in chat. Uh, they announced a $25 million buyback, and keep in mind their market cap's $350 million, so they're taking off like 6% of the shares on that at the current price, because the stock went up almost 30%, and they're doing a $1.25 per share special dividend. So they're giving back $45.1 million uh, to shareholders oh, through, through all this. It's account, account, yeah, account, accounts, account, accounts. Uh, the poll just ended, though, and 50% of people say they're working in the industry. Oh, so it's a few people. I, I don't have a ton of viewers. You know, it's Twitch. I'm not the biggest streamer, but it's a good, it's a good sentiment. And, and knowing that, I, I kind of want to direct this discussion tonight on, you know, working in the financial service industry and the process because I, you know, over the past several months have been working through the application process to get an internship for the summer 2022 because I'm a junior in college. And when, you know, I need something this summer so that, you know, when I'm either applying next fall, I have that experience, extra experience, or, you know, I can get hired from that firm through my internship. It's basically, you know, a long interview uh, for where you work, right? Everything said in the Theta Talk podcast is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only. Nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and please talk with a professional investment advisor and do your own research before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Theta Talk, the show where you get premium for your time. I'm your host, Strat Becker. Coming to you live from my dorm room for probably one of the first times in a while. It's been about a month since we made an upload, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, life's been kind of hectic. I was also very sick for a while, too. Um, so <laughs> I couldn't really talk very well, and that made all, you know, when your podcast is literally talking, it was an issue. But I wanted, like I said in the intro, to talk today about internships, the whole application, because I just wrapped up my whole application process, um, and I'm going to Prudential uh, Financial this summer. I'm working in the chief investment office. Uh, working with an incredible team of four other people, um, you know, managing, you know, portfolios, uh, you know, thinking portfolio strategies, you know, looking at actual analytics and stuff, macro, everything, and, and really determining, you know, how to, how to adjust and manage a portfolio uh, for a company like Prudential. And, and it's a super, super exciting opportunity, and I've been really, really thankful for the chance to really work with these people. Um, it's kind of whirlwind the whole process, but that's why I wanted to talk about it, because so many people are going through this right now, and, sh- you know, maybe struggling to find things, or don't really know how to, to do certain things to stand out. And I, I still struggle with that in a way as well. I, I really don't think I'm the best with it. Um, and I definitely have weak points. Uh, I do want to emphasize off the bat something to do that I didn't do is network as hard as you can. You know, last my, my thing that I had over the last summer, I got because I cold emailed someone that played softball with my brother like a decade ago, right? So that was really luck, right? I didn't know the person at all. Um, and I really should have done a better job between the start of the summer, you know, six months ago, really, no more than that, like seven, to today, really communicating more with people that go to my college um, or even other people in the industry uh, or people that have already graduated from my school and start to build a better network out in that way. Um, 
And while sarcastically, you know, I, I don't think uh, hook ton. I don't really think uh, using substances to is a good way to network personally. But I do think being interactive and engaging is, you know. And while I publish content online, I think it's a good way to build like a portfolio of what I can offer to a company. I, I don't really think I've done a good job at reaching out and making personal connections with people, you know? And I, I definitely, definitely need to work on that um, without a doubt. You know, getting ahead on that can, can be huge. Because I saw how it worked so well for me last summer. It was really that one stroke of luck from, you know, networking. I asked this guy, hey, you know, I know you're busy. You know, I'm also having classes, but could you mentor me? You know, or, or could I learn stuff from you? That turned into a full-blown internship, you know? Um, and I got so, so much out of that experience. And it really gave me a baseline to, to actually apply out for things going on now, you know? Um, really, I should have also applied for more things in general. I wasn't very strange with that. You know, especially if you're a sophomore, cast the net out as wide as you can. It doesn't matter in your sophomore year really as much what you get. So in the financial services industry, so as you have something in the industry. So when you're applying for your junior year, you know, and, and your junior internships are basically 10-week interviews or six to 10-week interviews, in a way, for a full-time spot. If you have some professional experience already on your resume, it's a really good way to actually stand out, you know, be above the, like, the peer group in that regard, right, uh, of other people that are applying. Now, it's a, I would say, actually, you know, interns have better leverage in this market, honestly, um, because of how much people need workers, in a way. But with how much things are getting automated in the industry as well, you need to do things to stand out at the same time, you know. For me, that was, you know, putting a fun facts section on my resume. You know, I have a, a thing at the end of my resume at the very bottom. It says, um, skills, interests, favorite podcasts, and fun facts. And one of my fun facts on my resume is you kind of make me sound more human in that, you know. Because one of the things is you want to be someone that they think they can work with, too, you know. So one of the things I put on my resume was, I, if you give me the name of a country, I can put it, I can find its location on the map and tell you where it is any country on the planet because I'm one of the top 15 speedrunners in the world for, um, you know, getting all 195 states recognized by the UN correct, like, like without getting one wrong. My personal record uh, that's not official is 4 minutes 47 seconds, but my best recorded one is 539, and that's, you know, number 13 in the world, actually. And during the interview, um, my last interview, the person I'm going to be working with someone is my actual boss, you know, uh, told me, you know, so you have this in your resume. I was like, yeah, it's true. And he was like, tell me where Liechtenstein is, is what the, the, the actual person that I'm going to be working in this summer told me. He said, tell me where Liechtenstein is. Liechtenstein, if you don't know, is a very tiny microstate nestled between Austria and Switzerland. It's technically like an economic vassal of Switzerland and is the last pure monarchy in Europe uh, in technicality, even though it's not like an absolute monarchy. There's still like, you know, uh, some things. But the prince has a lot of control. Um, and I was able to tell him that instantly. And then he was like, oh, interesting. And then he was like, tell me where Andorra is. And I knew where Andorra is. It's a very small, it's another microstate. It's about 80,000 people uh, in the Pyrenees in Europe between Spain and France. It's technically a vassal of both of them. It's really weird, but it's fun. Cool history. It shows how feudalism has a lasting impact on today, really. Um, and I th honestly think that's what got me the job. I really think that was it. Because, you know, I have cool stuff on my resume, I guess, in terms of work experience and stuff. But... You know, I thought I was just a normal person until I really busted that out. And then I was like, oh, well, you know, he's the person that 
oh, he's got this interesting thing. You know, we, we can work together. You know, he's able to talk with us and have strike up a regular conversation rather than just talk for, like, an hour about, like, convexity and duration and variance and stuff, you know? There's a difference between someone's thought process and thinking you can also work with them and, and really make progress, right? So I think that set me apart in that regard. And you know what? To the fun facts thing, Swolger Boy saying in the chat that he had a hiring manager say to list hobbies on a resume. It's a really good thing to put there, you know? Like, uh, the hiring manager, Swolger Boy says... Uh, said it showed how you like to spend your free time on constructive or building yourself or just wasting it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, you know what? I, I'm not going to show my resume on stream because I can't dox myself again. Um, <laughs> but I, I will show, I will read these things out loud for the podcast at least. I'll, I'll open up this file for it, right? For example, uh, at the bottom part of mine, I have a, a skills, interests, favorite podcast, fun cast. Like I said, my skills, it says, are... Equity research, financial analysis, equity valuation, Bloomberg, FactSet, MSXL. My interests, though, are Ultimate Frisbee, Grand Strategy Games, Geopolitics and History. And yes, I'm a giant history buff. There's this YouTube channel called World War II. Oh my god, why is that showing on stream? Oh my god, oh, thank goodness it doesn't sh Oh, why is it doing that? No, it's literally showing the half of the resume on stream. It's how, how, hiccups aside... <laughs> Thank goodness they didn't actually show personal information there. Um, glitches happen. Uh, you know, the rest of my things are, you know, I was talking about the History Channel that I really like. You know, I watch World War II every weekend. It's a, like, in real time thing for World War II. So right now, it's, d it's December 1st, 1942 for it. So, you know, S Operation Uranus just kicked off in the Soviet Union. It just cut off Stalingrad. Um, you know, Operation Torch is ongoing. You know, capturing North Africa. Um, you know, you have the Kokoda Trail. You have Guadalcanal and all that cool stuff. So I, I'm buff, so I put that there's my interest, you know. Uh, I love the markets, obviously. Um, I watch football, even though Christian McCaffrey is out again um, and is screwing me over, and that's great. And, you know, my season's over as a result, you know. Um, but I do like football, even though I'm your Giants fan. We know nothing but pain. And I put psychology, because I, I am interested in psychology. I think, it, you know, from my personal experience dealing with mental health, it, it's an interest that I have. But my fun facts, this is this is a lot different, right? This is... What really set set me apart, I think, in terms of this part, that like we're like, hey, this is interesting. Other than the countries one, I also have, um, I've been on TV twice, which is true. When I was nine years old, I went to a Yankees game with a family friend, and oh, why did that just go off? What? Okay, I'm gonna go to my face game for a second. But it, I went to a Yankees game with my family friend, a playoff game, ALCS against the Rangers, and after the game, um, they were looking for people to interview, like on the street. And we were leaving, and we saw it, and my family friend lied and said I was 10 so I could get on TV, even though I wasn't 10, I was 9. And I literally just kept saying how he couldn't hit off this, you know, uh, pitcher from them. Um, but, and then in March of this year, actually, it was on another show. Uh, it was on an eSports channel, actually, about GameStop, which was a very interesting experience, to say the least. Because um, they just reached out to me randomly, and I was like, okay, let's bet, let's do it. Um, and it was a cool experience to, you know, actually get interviews by some guy on a set. Like, I, I mean, I was in my dorm, but he was on a set, like, you know, during the recording. And actually, you know, was able to share some information uh, from my perspective and, you know, hopefully add value there as well, right? So that, that's the other thing. And the last one fact I have is I struck out uh, a drafted MLB player twice, which is also a true fact. Um, and <laughs> also when I was 10 when this happened, a lot of my fun facts were when I was a kid. But someone in my town, uh, I, we play Little League. I used to pitch, and I used to be a really good pitcher. Even though I'm 5'3", you know, everyone else grew, and I didn't grow. 
I, I could hit 60 miles an hour uh, pitching when I was like 10 or 11 because I had really good form and technique. And this guy, I, and I had a lot of curve too because I'm a lefty, so I had a really like nasty cutter. And I struck him out twice. And then, I mean, he's awesome. He's a, he's a generally good person from what I remember as a kid. But in, he got a full-ride scholarship to Duke for baseball in his sophomore year of high school. And then he got drafted in his senior year to the Yankees in the 30th round, 31st round or something like that. And he didn't pick it up because he was gonna go to, he's, go, he's in college now to get better and then get a higher-round draft pick. But he got drafted, and I struck him out twice in one game. And that, that part, you know, making yourself see human is such a huge difference in the before the interview phase, you know? Because you can do you can be doing everything right whenever you talk to someone, but if you can't get the opportunity to talk to them in the first place, then you're never going to be able to show off that you're the right person for them, right? So it's those little steps like that, as long as making sure your things are as clean as possible, right? Like, for example, everything I have on my resume is one, like one line each, every bullet, except the only exception is one for some of the charity stuff I've done where I'm just explaining what the charity is. That's the only one that's over, a, like, one bullet, like, one line for a bullet, right? Everything for, you know, related to, like, work, so the investment group, you know, my past social media work, this stream, uh, my past internship, all one line per bullet. One line per bullet. And making sure your bullets are up to date, too, is pretty important. Like, I've had to, you know, change tenses on things and stuff like that. Make sure you're using proper grammar, stuff like that. When you get in front of them, though, it's a lot of times you do high reviews now, which I'm not really a fan of, but, you know, I guess it makes some sense if, like, you know, as a, as a screener, basically. But, you know, I, I, I think if you're getting that stuff done right, and you can get in front of the person, then you can show what you can really offer, right? And I think that's a really undervalued tool, um, you know, making sure you're all set up that way. And being human in your resume. Because you're all like, oh, I have to sound perfect. But be human in it, too. I think that's why, you know, even though most of my things are all, like, wishy-washy, you know, that's why, or most of it, that's why, like, the one thing that I have one two-line bullet, you know, about the charity, because I view that as personally important because of my past struggles with mental health, and the fun fact stuff, and, you know, and, and all that stuff. It makes you seem like a person ahead of time. And I know I'm kind of repeating myself, but I really want to hand that home. Actually, being in the interview process is different though and i want to iterate this specifically because i've had interviews with multiple companies you know through this semester uh past few months so don't go to a place if they're not going to treat you with respect don't go there if they're not going to be kind to you be respectful of you and understand you even if you're interested in the field don't spend you know a whole months of your life stuck in a place that doesn't treat you right and i'm not going to name names on the podcast at least but one of the first companies I interviewed was during the process. I thought I would love them because they're big in options, you know, uh, and stuff like that, and equity research. And I thought it would be really cool. And the first interview, they're 20 minutes late, and they don't tell me if they're going to be 20 minutes late at any point. And it's a phone interview. So I'm sitting there waiting, looking at my phone, getting more and more anxious, like, wait, are, are, are they really going to, like, ever call me? Like, what's going on? And they call, and I talk, and I get to the second round, which is the final round. Right? I don't even, I might not, I know, I'll take that back. This one is more rounds, I think, maybe. I'm not actually sure, but they were 30 minutes late for the second round interview, and they didn't tell me at all, not in advance, not during, that they were going to be that late, or late at all. I had no idea, right? So after 30 minutes, I email the HR people. I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, why, why is this, 
you know, why haven't it been called yet, right? And I find out that they literally forgot. Why is this? Okay, I'll fix this later. But I, I found they literally forgot that they were going to interview me that day. Whoever was in charge of interviewing me. So I wasn't happy. You know, I mean, I, I, didn't, I, was, I acted very respectful during the whole process. But, you know, that, that hurt. You know, and then they said they'd get back to me within a week about what's going on. And they don't contact me for over a month. And then they contact me after over a month to tell me I didn't get it. I'm like, no shit. You know, you you know, and at that point, you know, at, if, if a firm's treating you like that, you don't want to go there. You know, it's a bad precedent for how you're going to be treated as an employee, you know. So I was kind of happy to get rejected from there. But there's other places where I had different processes. I think the other thing, too, and this is what I experienced throughout my, you know, process, is be prepared to ask questions yourself. I didn't know this was a thing when I started the interview process. Really? That a lot of the time, you are going to be asking questions to them. So you're like, so for one of my companies, it's actually, but I think it's a pretty decent company. I only got through the, the screening interview. I didn't go really anything else. Um, the, the whole thing was me asking them questions for 15 minutes. And I was completely unprepared for that. That's my fault. I, I think I can't really take questions, but be prepared to actually ask questions at any interview. Extensive ones. So make sure you actually know the company that you're going to beforehand and know the role right ahead of time so that you can actually ask those questions and be prepared and make sure not to just ask standard questions that they're going to get generically ask things that stand out right so you know i think one i like to use was i'm trying to think all the time it's hard to think all the time because i wasn't really prepared for the first one at least but i would ask something along the lines of like you know how how do you think like you know this company is ingrained like you know like within the community, how often do you get to communicate, or how are you active within a, like how able are you to be an active member of the community of the company? Is that's a better way to put it? Like, and that's a way to in, like ask, you know, in an interesting way, how collaborative and interactive is like people in the company with each other, you know, on a regular basis? Because you know, I love the work I did over the summer, but honestly, I for companies, I think it'd be great to do group projects, like work together. Uh, and it was a little lonely over the summer at points, to tell you the truth as well. Last summer. Uh, especially because I was, you know, not in a city. I was like over an hour away from New York City. Um, I didn't really have many. I don't have friends in my hometown really because I went to a very small high school um, and really lost touch with a lot of people from my actual town. So, you know, even though I have way more friends at college, it's a lot more lonely at home. So, finding out for me at least if a company is going to be able to, you know, you're interacting a lot with people there, engaging with them is pretty important for me because I, I thrive on social interaction. You know, I, it's like a recharges my mental batteries. Um, so knowing that it can be part of like a community. Uh, of people that get along with each other and are having you know fun discussion about work to make a better overall you know product or service is something I was looking for. So to ask that question was something really you know I put a lot of effort into. Um, and I think the last point too was don't take an offer if you don't know you want to do something like that as a career choice, right? And, and I'll, I'll play this. I had two offers on the table for me for full-time work. I had a third for part-time, but I wanted to do full-time. So I'm thinking of these two in particular, right? The two options were a proprietary day trading firm. So I could have literally been a degenerate gambler, like shooting the shit on Discord, um, you know, as, a, as an internship, basically, and, and learning how to day trade their way, like with their tools, right? Or I could work in portfolio management uh, around bonds. And while I prefer portfolio management around equities and like researching companies, Bonds are extremely, extremely important in the bond market to understand equities. Bonds are super important. It's the most 
one of the most underrated tools for an analyst to have today in equities is a deep understanding of the credit markets. And to understand the credit markets, you still have to learn about companies. And what do I love most about stocks? Learning about the companies. That's why I'm going to four Build-A-Bear workshop locations this weekend to really, you know, view the operations and learn more about the company, right? That, that's the whole point of what I'm doing. I love learning about companies. So I know even if I'm working with bonds, I'll be learning about companies and I'll be engaging in deep discussion and talk and work around macroeconomics and, and, and conditions and optimize your portfolio to do the best. You know, even if it's not stocks, working to offer a portfolio to generate the best returns based on the parameters is what I like to do, right? So I took that off of the prop day trading because I can see myself working in something that is a career, but I don't see myself being a day trader as a career. Well, I'm sure many people online would like to think, oh, well, you know, I want to trade as a career. It is stressful. I had a period where I tried to day trade, you know, my freshman year of college. And let me tell you, day trading weed stock options in class was not fun. It was stressful. And I was always really anxious having to worry like that constantly. I realized if I stretch out my time horizon, not only can I outperform, but I'd be a lot less freaking stressed. Even if you're following the rules and tentacles, you know, you have to be so honed in all the time on that and always have to be like paying attention because the single moment you enter matters so much and the single moment you exit matters so much. But when I work in portfolio management, it's a lot more work that I want to do. So I made the decision, even though I loved the culture and the company of the day trading firm. They were such great people. There's the, the head of the HR there, one of the nicest guys I've ever met, cared so, so much about us. And I felt terrible, you know, denying their offer because he was genuinely just a great person. And the company was filled with spectacular people. And they were doing everything they could to make the work for their employees easier and better constantly. But it wasn't what I wanted to do as a career. So that's the other message I really have there is, you know, don't get stuck in a, you know, thing that you don't know you want to do as a career. You know, that'd be the other message I have to send. Because then, you know, you're not going to really enjoy it. And then it's going to feel like months when it's a couple hours. And I know that's really abbreviated and, you know, it's just some discussion. But that's my takes on, you know, the things that you should do when you're going through the process of getting an internship, at least. And that's it. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Theta Talk. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. Those are my hot takes. Peace.